Account Podcast. I'm Marcus Meir, founder of Mirror Group CPAs and the Total Control Accounting System. I'm Tyler Warner, small business owner with a lot of accounting questions. In this episode, we're going to be talking uh, to Marcus about a year in review. Yeah. So Let's congratulations are in order. You made it a year. I expect that like right when that happened, like for some stuff to go yeah, off, just, confetti to fall. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't plan we it didn't very plan well. This, yeah. right. right. Okay. So just a normal congratulations, you know. Can we clap? Yeah, right. it's been a year. Yep. What's your what's your actual anniversary? It's been like a week ago, right? Yeah, it was uh what was it? So August third was the day we started here. So we left PRM, the firm we were at, on July thirty first was our that was gotcha. a Friday, August third yeah. was a Monday. Yeah, I remember I mean, you guys were literally moving into this office and building this conference table, mm-hmm. felt like saw on the T V right. the whole deal. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it was fun, man. It was like um, for, you know, it was kind of like leading up to it, the anticipation and getting everything set up. And and what was cool about it was the day we landed here, we worked. I mean, once we once we came with everything we needed because of the way we're set up in terms of software and systems, like we worked the first day. Yeah. I mean, we might have put a table or a desk. Well, actually, I got somebody to put the desk together. But we, you know, over that weekend, we literally got, we, yeah. we furnished this place and on Monday we started working. Yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> you started a business in the pandemic. Right. Yeah. What it, was that like? Yeah, it's funny because I get that question and ours was so different because with what we do with people in the pandemic, there was so much need for what, our, for our services, namely the PPP loans. Like that was kind of the heyday Probably not so much of the PPP. Like we helped people with PPP before we started this, but it was just kind of managing that. How do I spend the money? What can I spend it on? So a lot of consulting around what do I do with my employees? Do I send them home? If I pay them, are there credits? Like how does that interplay with the PPP? So just so much demand for us to help small businesses really ended up being a great time to go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, which is kind of unexpected. You wouldn't think that. Right. Given like it's not like starting a restaurant, mm-hmm. yeah. So, the Mirror Group was this something that like you always knew was going to be happening at some point? It just was the right time, or was this like even a surprise for you of just like I'm going to go out on, on my own? Yeah, I think um, you know the firm I was at. It was just for us. We wanted to go full force with the vision of what. If you've been listening to the podcast, you kind of understand the vision of small business, cloud, tech. Like we wanted to go full force with that. I never did think I could do that where I was. It's not that it was, I couldn't do some things, but I can never rally an organization behind it, which is, which is if you're, if you're someplace and you have competing visions, you know, it never really works well. Um, And so for me, it was just, yeah, once I saw the writing on the wall from that perspective, not anything negative toward my partners, just from a perspective of to really pursue this and do what I want to do, I have to go and leave and, and, and try it. I knew at some point in time it would happen. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of, from to answer your question, yeah, I, I kind of started to see it a couple of years ago that to pursue this really wholeheartedly, we were going to have to do our own thing. Yeah. And the cloud was a big part of that. Yeah, huge. I mean, cloud, I would say how we wanted to do uh, billing, um, how we wanted to interact with the clients, like what type of clients. So it's just total, like our vision 
and to a certain extent, it's still morphing here, but our vision that we left with is still pretty much intact, which was we want to be super efficient with technology. We want to do all things cloud. We want to give a great client experience, and we want to work in such a way where we go deeper with the clients. And a lot of times that means you don't take on every client. You only work with the ones that fit your model because you know to get one that doesn't, while they may be great at what they do or a great client, it doesn't it doesn't bring you down the path of getting deeper and deeper and more efficiency with your clients. Yeah. yeah. You know how like when you're a kid and you're like can't have like ice cream right. for dinner or whatever and you're like <laughs> <laughs> ice cream for dinner. I have, a, I have a story about that. All right. Because I ate ice cream last night and today for lunch. Because, oh, my gosh. Yeah. With, so with caram- the dream, With folks. caramel syrup. <laughs> Both times. Wow. Yeah, go, but go ahead. Can you trace that back to a fantasy when you were a kid of just like, oh, yeah, when I... Oh, God. I were you sitting so. at an accounting firm after college just eating a salad with the rest of your <laughs> associates and just like, oh, when I'm out on my own, I'm going to eat a bowl of ice cream? Oh, gosh. Um... Well, I, I know there's some analogy there. Right, sure. Right. What I'm getting at is like, yeah, was there, you know, throughout your history of working at different firms and being different, you know, different different partnerships, yep. what's like some examples of things that now that you have total, you know, you're the... Total control, maybe? Total control. Maybe, what <laughs> you know, might I say? You're the leader of this ship. What right. are you, you know, what's your, what's, what kind of ice cream are you eating? Yeah, for us, I, I have to say it was really the way we do billing. Um, well, I wanted to always have more structure around our systems so um the places i've been have been structured but not not super efficient i would say um in terms of using software so i knew i was like man i want to get super structured and efficient with software so we can grow but then i also wanted to get rid of any type of hourly billing i wanted to do what we're doing now fixed fees value-based fees um subscription model like i wanted to do all that and get out of Two businesses, I'll tell this to my clients all the time, two businesses you don't want to be in, billing and collections. Like you'd rather, and what I mean by that is you'd rather have systems and software doing that for you. And so that that was the thing for me. I remember saying like, we're not going to, and look, do we still have some clients we bill by the hour just on random one-off projects and different things? Yes, but it's the exception, not the rule. And so for me to answer that question would be, yeah, we wanted to build differently and collect differently and never be in a situation that a lot of accountants are in Believe it or not, it's, you think they wouldn't do this because they understand how money works, but like take forever to bill for work done in the past and then collect it way in the future. Like just a terrible way to run your business. And I did, I knew we were never going to do that. Gotcha. So how's it been going? Yeah, it's great. Um, it's been, I mean, it's been really good, man. We've grown, I would say um, about 30% was kind of our target. And we've we've pretty much hit that. Um, and you know, our, I think one of our struggles here is that, is that we like each other so much. We have so much camaraderie that it's all, you know, we, we not, I'll say one of our struggles, let me back up. Um, one of the things I know we, we have to keep focused on is because we like each other so much and want, we do fun things outside of work. It's like when we're here, sometimes it's, you know, like Quentin, I mean, I mean, I see him all day and he's in the office next to me because we have to shut the door and get mm-hmm. to work sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, right. so that's like, everybody's has their struggles. I think one of ours of creating a good culture and camaraderie is, you know, everybody having, having the space to have their boundaries and be like, look today for the next two days, I got my door shut. Yeah. And it's because I'm just grinding. Like, right. 
and that's just how it has to be. Um, so, but yeah, to answer your question, it's going great. Um, we've got a new staff member coming on, um, kind of a to be determined. He's got a job right now that um, he's going to be leaving and coming on with us. I'm so fired up that he's coming. He's going to really help us in our mission of, I mean, again, for us, it's this mission has kind of evolved, which is we want to be all things small business and help them do better business. And so he fits right in with that mission. He's got a great data background, uh, super analytical, understands a little bit of develop, like taught himself uh, Python. And like, so kind of in that mold of somebody that can really help us with data and systems and understanding. And I want to start bringing more of these solutions to our clients. You know, so uh, to help them run their businesses better, not just be their accountants, but help them help with manual tasks and things that slow them down to help them or what they struggle with. So I'm really fired up. I, th I think uh, down the road, I could see us having a really super tax person come on board. So it's the future's it's looking bright. You know, it's yeah. um, it's where we we've got it right in front of us. You know, we um, had some great client meetings the last couple of days with really just talking about how can we do more with you? How can, these are two clients where we're doing more, we're converting them to zero, converting them to gusto, doing more with that. Like one of these clients, she was telling us, she's like, yeah, I'm staying up till 4 a.m. And I know it's these manual tasks, but because she's such a hard worker, she's not going to not do them. And she's like, well, that's the system I have right now. And we're sitting there talking to her like, we don't want you working till 4 a.m. Like we want to help you run a better business so you can travel. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's going great. Yeah. So what do you think the next year, like, I mean, I feel like we've kind of hinted on the podcast about like different, different types of services, right. different things you guys are looking at for businesses now. Right. Is some of that becoming more concrete now that you've been in business for a year? I think so on the service offering, I can see us getting more into consulting on processes. And like, I think I brought it up last week in the podcast, this RPA, this robotic process right. automation. I really do see so John, who I mentioned, and then the guy that's coming on board, given their background, their skill sets, their strengths, um, especially they're both very logical thinkers, that we get into something like that where whether it's internally really getting efficient or, or I say and or, offering that as a service to clients, like let us look at your processes and build a bot for you. I have, and I'm like, I have never done it in my life, but I know that's coming. Right. Um, so I think something like that. And then I think just internally really getting tight on our processes. Like Quentin's got up on his board. I'm pointing like, you know, people in the mm -hmm. podcast you see, but like the ways to build a scalable firm with a good work-life balance. And it's w the number one thing, processes. And so for us, that's, that's like paramount right now. We're working on processes so we can be more efficient, deliver a better service, deliver a better experience, deliver a similar experience every time it's done. You know, think about the reasons why you like a franchise is because no matter if it's in Boise, Idaho, or Jacksonville, Florida, you get the same thing every time. It's kind of what we want to do. When Whoever you work with in here, you get the same product. Yeah. So we're working a lot on that. What are some of the processes that you, you guys started with day one that are like, that you've seen like the biggest bang for the buck? I will tell you, it didn't start day one, but I would say this first tax season, we implemented, so, you know, I guess we're always doing taxes, but for the 2020 tax returns, which, you know, we would have started in February of 21, and we started August of 20. So fairly new out of the box was just doing the tax returns using our project management software as 
the start and end of the whole process. Where the communication, file upload, stored attach returns, submitting your video overview, uh, communicating to you about questions, billing, like that whole process, the tax return process. I mean, we sat in after April 15th and we all looked around and said like, this was the best tax season we've ever had. And we pointed right to our processes for using, pro uh, we have teamwork as our project management system. And, and really just because we had, I think we took a half a day in January and literally went through every step of the tax return process, mapped it out and stuck to it. And that was huge for us. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. How often do you guys do that as a team? You know, we don't, we kind of do it informally. So we have a weekly meeting. Uh, every Tuesday we meet from, th let's call it three to four. And as much as I, I have buddies that have done traction and all that, I just have not yet gotten super organized or, or diligent with how we structure the, those meetings. But my point is that I think some of the free-flowing nature of the meetings has led to some more creativity. Um, and I know you probably could argue you could be disciplined and have creativity, you know, leave time for it. Yeah. But um, so, yeah, we meet we meet once a week and uh, and we we kind of do that kind of stuff. But the, the the meeting you're talking about, we, we've done one time where we went off site. We literally went to the public library, mm -hmm. which I don't know. The one um, the one here in town is fairly new. It's got this great conference room, yeah. like with a humongous whiteboard, like a table that could fit 20 people, like room to spread out. I felt like a. You ever watched A Few Good Men and Tom Cruise is like walking around, he's got the baseball bat in his hand? Okay, yeah. Like I felt like he said, I think better when I have my bat. <laughs> like I think it, it kind of felt like that. Like you could walk around, I had like a dry erase marker in my hand. Yeah, it was yeah. kind of that whole yeah. vibe. Like yeah. get out and think. Um, and I really do think that's why people do retreats and we hadn't done that yet. But I would say we're probably going to do that at least once a year for tax season. But I could see us doing it more. Tax season is just such a thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's a, hey, it's coming. Let's plan for it. So yeah. I think every year for tax season, we're going to do what we did and try to expand on it. Yeah, I, I would imagine you're sort of pushing the envelope of like, you know, that idea of like working in your business and working on your business. Yeah. And as an accounting firm, sure, it seems like it would lean constantly on just working in, in your, in your yeah. business. That's and always the, I would tell you, I think the higher levels you get in a professional services firm, it's always the tension you're managing. Mm -hmm. How much are you a service provider so a technician working in, and how much are you a visionary, a manager, a leader working on? Yeah. And I have not figured that out yet. Um, but I think, I say you haven't figured it out. I don't think people who have made it really ever figure that out. It's kind of like you talk about problems to solve and tensions you manage. Yeah. I think it's, for me, it's just a tension. It's not my quote, by the way. Yeah. What? I'm attributing it to you. <laughs> but you know, I think it's one of those tensions I'll always have to manage. Yeah. Like, as I delegate more, how where where does my time go? Right. And and for me, it's it's generally been on systems. I usually have a good feel for that software mm -hmm. in terms of picking it, yeah. and then bringing it to the group. Hey, do you think this would solve? I'm I think that's my strong suit. I've got you know other things I'm not so strong in, but one is recognizing where we could do better and putting a a, a, sol a piece of software or a process in to start to solve that problem. So that's yeah. gonna be my tension. How do I manage yeah. doing? Because I've got 20 years of experience. Right. So I don't want to forsake that with my clients, and I'm not. But mm -hmm. that's my kind of my tension. Right. I think that's going to be a tension you have to help your clients manage, too, in terms of the software. Because I know that world was like, there's always, every day, there's a new new piece of software. And you yeah. have to manage, okay, like, does the benefit of onboarding this to the organization right. outweigh, uh, you know, just the time, energy, and effort? 
do that. Yeah, well, there's always, I mean, it, and if you like software and you like all those apps, there's always a shiny new object. I mean, literally today my inbox, because I went to AICPA Engage, is littered with people reaching out to me. Hey, I saw you came by our booth. Would love for you to do a demo. I'm sure, and I'm like thinking, I'm sure the product's awesome. Yeah. I just don't have time right now. Like certain points, you have to say what we have is good enough. It was good enough. If if we were thinking ten years ago, if we had the software, we'd be like, this is amazing. Yeah. Just because it's six months or a year old, like don't scrap it. Yeah. Certain things you got to put your foot down and go. Yeah. And I mean, so I think that's for sure is attention for a lot of people. I think you'll appreciate this. I'm helping a client launch a business, and I literally, in a week, set up three different phone and customer service help desk systems, meaning they were all, I was in trial versions of all of these, yeah. but like, it was like, okay, I'm going to connect these three pieces of software, see how that works. Okay. It's not quite right. Let me try these three pieces, yeah. these two, you know, and it was like, that's just where we are in the soft world, software world. Right. It was like all of them pretty much advertise these same features and functions and it was Connect. How do they connect? Yeah, um, I but, love that stuff. Yeah, but I mean, you could I, go off. You you could spend a week easily. Yeah, <laughs> you did. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. um, trying, you know, and that right. was probably, you know, I probably tried nine to twelve different pieces of software, connecting them right. various different ways. And I think that's a lesson for most small business owners is that that's a tension you have to manage, but you can't you can't forego it, like. What I see in a lot of professional services, and again, coming from an accounting world, very traditional people, they know, accountants know, well, okay, yeah, I could go try to solve that problem. But I know if I just keep working, this is a guaranteed hourly rate. Mm -hmm. And so, but but you're stuck to that. And, and, and I always wanted more and better. And so I think that's what's always led me to trying new things. Trying to, you know, and so I, I would just encourage people, if you're listening to this, be thinking about that. Don't, you have to tinker. You have to try. You will mess up. You will lose on some deal. You'll lose a week sometimes. Mm -hmm. You could have done that and not come up with a solution. Right. That's probably not all. It's probably the exception more than the rule. But I think the point is you have to be trying. You have to be trying to innovate and automate and get more efficient. And sometimes it comes at the expense of today's productivity. And that's just how it is. Yeah. But it that doesn't mean you take all a six month sabbatical where you just look at software all day. Yeah. I think everybody kind of understands that, but I think certain people so many times see that it's a, such an uphill climb to implement a new software or to make a little change, uh, or they see it as overwhelming that they just they they never make the change and stick with what they have, and then ten years pass by, yeah. and it's like oh god, if we don't make these changes now, we now we're extinct. Sure. Well, it's like the uh, the Tiger Woods analogy: change changing your swing. Yeah. Like, at the top of your game. Yeah, he, you know, he was at the top of his game. He changed his swing. Yeah, uh, I know more. Details. No, it's funny he, you brought that up though. I mean, it's it's a great analogy. It's like it's and look, everybody's got their thing, right? Tiger was uniquely driven to be the best at all costs, right? Um, but I do think everybody can resonate somewhere on that scale. Mm -hmm. But the thought is, just try to be improving, you know, and. Right. and and not settling as a business owner for the status quo. Yeah. Well, your point is it's going to cost you something. It has and to. If you're not willing to make any, you know, spend anything in time, effort, or energy, make it better for the future, then you're going to. Well, it's business. It's risk. I mean, you, you, you. What are you risking? Time. You're risking. I mean, we're all. It's risk. Yeah. But you're looking for the reward. You're looking for the 
system that you took a week to find out and build that saves you three months of time every year. You know, what's that worth? And you get better at it. You get better at spotting like, man, that's really, that's not a rabbit hole we want to go down. Mm -hmm. Or, no, we really need to pursue this. Or, I need to take some time and learn this stuff, like this RPA stuff. Like, I know in the back of my mind, somebody here has got to learn that. And that's going to take some of their time. But I'm willing to do that because I think we're going to reap the benefits. Yeah. That'd be a better environment, too, for your employees. I don't know. Absolutely. Yeah, because if everything, and look, I know we probably, you know, I'm probably too lax on that if I'm critiquing myself. I'm not by nature a micromanager. Like, I don't at all. Um, but I do tell people, and the, the staff can attest, when the, the last person we hired who hadn't started yet, I was mentioning earlier, we had the team in here when we had the inter- last interview, we all kind of sat with them because we're four people. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, look, I will give you every opportunity, every resource, you know, within reason, and time and, and, the, and the ability for you to be curious. So if you don't succeed, it's not because we didn't give you the, the space. Sure. Um, because that we want you to go and come back in two months ago, you know, I was looking at how y'all do this and I thought about X, Y, and Z that could really be better. Great. Let's implement it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not the guy who needs to have all the ideas. I just need to be the one to create the environment to foster the ideas. Sure. You know, and I think, yeah. I think as a leader in a small business, I think that's what you're doing. You're giving your employees, your team members, the room to grow and innovate. And everybody benefits from it. And they feel... Um, appreciated. They feel like they're trusted. Uh, I, I, I think if you would ask them, they feel that way here is that, yeah, he's going to let us try some things. And when it doesn't work, it's okay. Yeah. But we'll coach you and we'll say, well, let's not do that next time or that kind of thing. But yeah. we have the space to try. Yeah. Speaking of, what are some things that you have tried and you thought, well, okay, that didn't work out quite like we wanted. And then on the flip side, what are some things that you were Man. surprised by maybe that what did we, took a shot? What did we try that didn't work so well? That's a good question. Because normally we scrap them fast. What if we try? I need to think about that one. What are some things that have worked well? Uh, price uh, Three-tier pricing on the tax returns. Great response. Totally transparent. Um, and it was a price increase to pretty much everybody who did that. But we gave more value. Um, we gave a better product. We gave a better system. And we let people choose. And we fixed the price. So that... That went over better. I thought it would go over well. It went over better than I thought. What hasn't worked? This is good. Um, I'm thinking about that. This is not great. I'm saying great radio or great podcast. Um, I know, right? That's a good thing, right? I can't think yeah. of anything off off yeah, top of my head that's nothing derailed. Got, nothing got too too wild. No, nothing's going down the road where we were like, oh my god, why the heck did we do that? Or what you know, we got clients screaming and calling us. That's never happened. Yeah. Um, I think too, because we were fairly, we were, we're pretty good at communicating through our newsletters. Like, hey guys, we're doing this, we're trying this. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'll give you. Maybe this will recall. Share an example of one. Have I ever told you this story about my? I've told you Tim Ferriss for our work week. You did tell profile. me this. Yeah, this is good. But tell it. So <laughs> this was this was I don't know probably over ten years ago. Yeah, this was probably like. 2008, 2009, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. So I was still using Apple Mail on my on my Mac, um, and they didn't have a like. Basically, I read a four hour work week, like send an autoresponder, right? Yep. Of like, hey, I'm checking my email at a certain time, 
blah, blah, blah. That way when a client emails you, you're setting the expectation that you send emails at a certain time to match them, right? And your wife has mastered this, by the way. Yeah. Just a quick aside. Of course. Well, <laughs> so this will be a sharp contrast of uh, <laughs> me and my wife. So I'm reading this. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is perfect. So I'm like, oh, well, Mac... MacMail at the time didn't have an autoresponder. <laughs> okay. So you had to like script this macro to do it for you. And I'm like, all right, cool. Well, I find a script online, put it in there, tweak the script a little bit, and then fire away. And what <laughs> I, so, you thought. so I thought, what I realized soon was like I was sending an email for every email I had ever gotten. I was res uh, I had set the script to respond wow. to that. Wow. So clients that I was working on with at the time where we were, you know, sending a lot of emails back and forth for every email they'd sent me, I send them back an email <laughs> saying, hey, I'm only checking my email, for, you know, Tuesdays at three o'clock or right, whatever to try right. to be more efficient. And like one client got like 30 of those emails yeah. before I was able to just like stop the whole thing. I had to end up spending the whole day calling my clients and apologizing and explaining what happened. But so, but so so let me ask you a question. This is making a great point. But honestly, what happened? Did you? They lose? just laugh. They just yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, some of them were just like, yeah, dude, that was super annoying. What was going on? And you I know? think I think just, I think certain people listening to this or in business would be scared to try even that. Yeah. For the reaction they would get when somebody gets an email saying, "Look, I'm thankful you email me, but." in order to be efficient and do good work and do deep work. Right. We both read deep work. Mm -hmm. And to do deep work, I am not answering emails besides at, you know, 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. And if you need immediate assistance, call me. Yeah. Like, I think I know people that would, would cringe at the thought of doing that sure. at, because of the perceived reaction they're going to get. Yeah. You did it to the nth degree. <laughs> And all you I got really, were I really brought it home and yeah, dr yeah, yeah. drilled it into. Listen, them. guys, I'm trying to tell you that yeah. I'm unavailable. Yeah. yeah, and I'm gonna share that experience of being inundated with emails. So you all <laughs> right, <laughs> right. So it's you like all a, grasp it. That's fun. <laughs> um, but no, I think people can understand that. Like, just take some chances, man. Like, yeah. you know, not. I would say you're always looking to do things. That obviously, don't cause a fatal flaw. Mm -hmm. Everything else like that's pretty fixable. Yeah, you know, everything else. I think people understand too especially if you're dealing with the right clients, they understand because they're doing things in their business. Yeah. If you make a mistake, you do something stupid. Like I got an email the other day. It's from a marketer. She She's a marketer in the UK uh, who works with accounting firms, which apparently there's a big, there's like a bunch of them on LinkedIn. Yeah. But anyway, she sent an email. and Naturally. it was Right, right, of course, <laughs> right. Um, but she sent an email. It was an automated email. And it said like, hi, insert your name here. And then I got an email back from her, the subject line, I'm appalled. Marcus, I, you know, I thought my email was, you know, it's, obviously it's, it's pulling from a database, but that so looked so impersonal. It was, you know, it's really unprofessional. And I'm like, I'm giving you grace on that. I know what you're doing. Yeah. I know you wrote an email and you're not going to send out 5,000 of them that you put me in the database. But it's just funny, like, <laughs> like that was just a blip on the radar. No big yeah. deal. Yeah. But she thought... Man, let me get ahead of this kind of thing. And so I just think if people... are disaster. Yeah, like really. Like I get, get in front of the story, right? Um, but yeah, it's just like, I think you got to try stuff. Yeah. You know? And and it's like, what do they say? You you either win or you learn. Like, you, sure. you know? Yeah. Mess up. Don't do that again. Yeah. <laughs> Figure it out. There is like the trend. I mean, like Amazon's known, you know, fail fast. Yeah. And then right. Facebook, I think theirs is like break stuff. Yeah. 
kind of that that idea of being aggressively innovative. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we want. Maybe. Yeah. We, we all these little do better business, make account, <laughs> aggressively In a, aggressively innovative. Ooh. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, we'll we'll workshop that one. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, look, I think that's a great place to end it. Um, certainly looking forward to another year. Absolutely. Of, uh, what's in store for Mirror Group. And, po- and the podcast. We didn't even talk right. about that. Yeah. We started the is, podcast. What is this? This is episode 19. Episode 19. So, we, mm-hmm. so you know, if the year's 52 years, you know. 52 ni- weeks. 52 weeks, excuse me. We are uh, 40% of the year we did a podcast. <laughs> roughly. 35. I trust your <laughs> calculator brain. Mental math. Yeah. Mental math. Yeah. Well, good deal. Well, um, yeah, like always, go to mirror.group. Check yep. out the other episodes there. Tons of other resources. And uh, certainly a way to get in touch with Marcus himself. Get on his calendar if you have any yep. questions about where you can innovate in your business. Yeah. We'll see you next time.